0: Today on The Breakdown, we don't have the match. We have the rematch. We don't have the order. We have the reorder. You know, we don't give you the original. We give you the remix, baby. And in this case, oh, you're going to love this one. You're going to be so happy. It's Garrett Adelstein against Dylan Gang. And you're like, what? Who? Why? Well, you know Garrett, of course. But Dylan Gang, that's the guy who slow rolled the hell out of Garrett. I mean, sort of. Uh, A little bit. Very famously, anyway. Where he uh, Garrett called for like a ninety thousand dollar raise on the river with top pair, and Dylan said, "Nice hand, or you're good." And Garrett started collecting his chips, and then Dylan flipped his cards over and said, "Just kidding." And had a full house, and collected like the hundred and sixty k pot. So this is an opportunity for Garrett perhaps to get revenge, for Dylan to push that hammer maybe a little deeper. Well, push that nail anyway a little deeper into the coffin with a hammer. Because what else would you really use? I guess you could use lots of things. (laughs) Could you use your skull? Your own skull? It would hurt so much. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) these guys are going to end up... Well, (laughs) effective stacks are deep. It's a cash game. It's a big cash game. Hundreds of thousands of dollars this pot will be, said Yoda. (laughs) And we're going to get into it right now on The Breakdown. Welcome, new listeners, with Rand Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Uh
1: You know, I have wonders, you know, I I wonder about things. What do you wonder about? An example of the thing I wonder about is like you, Jonathan Levy, for the majority of your life have lived alone and you currently live alone. Correct. I just wonder what it's like in the apartment (laughs) when I'm not here. Like what's happening? Like, are you just rambling on and on to yourself? Are you just like staring at a wall and talking just complete nonsense like that forever?
0: I feel like it's better for that to remain a mystery, okay. <laughs> you know, for everyone to not know. That makes it more intriguing. Are you concerned about
1: personal theft and stuff and burglary in your, in your home? Because What do you mean? if you were, you could set up some cameras. Yeah. And the byproduct of you setting up those cameras, other than you feeling like you could know who stole from you if yeah. they stole, would be that maybe we would get a glimpse into what happens <laughs> <laughs> when nobody else is around. All you have to
0: do is pretend to leave one time, close the door and hide. And I'm just... not willing to put in that work. That's not that much work. Sit there for 20 minutes quietly. Just hide behind something. I have a closet. Go in the closet. Oh, that's, that's rich. Go in the closet and hide, though. And then you, get to <laughs> <hear>. <laughs> then you get to hear what I do. I don't know. I don't want to hear what you're doing.
1: <laughs> you do. You just said you do, though. No, but I, I wanted to, like, what if you went in the other room and I couldn't see? But then you
0: could sneak closer to the other room and put a little glass to the door. You know, the way they do it. But I movies. also want there to be
1: evidence for everybody. You know, I want people to
0: see. You would be the evidence. Oh, yeah, because people are just going to be like, no I'm gonna one's going like, to believe hey, you. Hey,
1: guys, guess what? I was I was at my business partner's apartment, and then instead of leaving when I said I was going to leave, I hid in his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because I was going to try to listen to see if he said weird stuff to himself because yeah. he says weird stuff on our podcast sometimes. Yeah. And then when I was standing around, he was talking about aliens and stuff. Do you guys believe that? <laughs> oh, my God. that's That's how it's going to go.
0: So... So, you, so you're so you worried about sounding and looking like a fool. <laughs> I'm
1: worried that it doesn't have the same impact as yeah. actual video, audio, right. evidence. I
0: think you're probably right if that's all that happens. You're going to yeah. need me to be a little more interesting. Than
1: Why that. do you think they faked the moon landing? They couldn't just be like, <laughs> hey, we went to the moon, guys. Just believe me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That is true. No one would buy that. Right. In fact, people still don't. Of course they don't. with the evidence. But some do. Uh, Some fools do. Let's <laughs> not go down that right, this Kyrie? Road. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to go down that path. Kyrie uh, gets it. Uh, Kyrie knows. Yeah, the flag doesn't wave. On the moon. There's a shadow in that shot, which is clearly not from the moon. (laughs) That's clearly a lighting thing. And how can they have lights? There's only one way. Do the math, okay? Yeah. This is good. You know, a lot of the times I feel like um, our audience is like, they're joking and I know they're joking. And some percentage of our audience right now is like, they're joking and I'm pretty sure I know they're joking. I think that's
1: the world we live in now with like conspiracy theorists I have a lot more power than I realized probably five years ago. Mm. Things have, You know, when, things have when Kyrie Irving started talking about how the Earth was flat, I was like, nobody really thinks that. Come on, give me a fucking break. The moon landing thing is much more plausible than the Earth being flat.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, Strong agree. Yeah. Strong agree. <laughs> yeah. But it turns out both could be true. And <laughs> both are. <laughs> and this is what this podcast is about. Now. I thought we weren't doing this, and now we've had, driven... Dovin? Divin? Yeah. We dove... We dived headlong into this, Despite,
1: we? Despite our recklessness and lack of editing, for yeah. the most part, over the past seven years, we've done a pretty good job avoiding controversial topics.
0: Until right now. And, and really... I mean, this
1: shouldn't be controversial. The Earth's fucking well, spherical. Well, that's what people say about
0: controversial topics. So yeah. This this particular controversial topic shouldn't be controversial. It is. And we both know it is. So I mean... It, for whatever reason, I don't know is.
1: if the flat Earth thing is actually that controversial. Like okay. What,
0: what percentage of
1: the population do you think actually believes flat Earth
0: theory? Um, well, I'm going to say... Let's do US population cuz yeah. I feel really unqualified to talk about the rest. Yeah. I would guess it's like 6 or 7%. That sounds about right. That is, you know, that's a pretty big group. Yeah. That's I it's think that's more, about that I think that's more than there are Jews in the US. It's more than voted for Nader. By all, by twice as much yeah. or something, right? Yeah. Of course Nader got crushed. <laughs> <laughs> yes he did. Yeah. Um yeah, so I don't really know, but that would be my guess, 6 or 7%. That's there's also probably a lot of quiet people who kind of believe it You know, or aren't sure. Right. There's a lot of that. Anyway, I mean, let's the, not spend time I, I would guess
1: a higher percentage believe the moon landing was faked than that the Earth is flat. Because oh. it's more plausible.
0: I don't know if I – I guess if you – the thing is this. If you think the Earth is flat, you also think the moon landing was fake.
1: Almost certainly. There's, there's almost 100% overlap there. I would
0: and think. it's probably similar the other way, but a little bit less so, yeah. right? Because if you think the Earth at this fight, you may not, I don't even really know what you think is possible in terms of. Do you think to the, the moon, moon exists? I don't know what you think about yeah. all that, right? Because that may be like a big painting or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. I, I've seen. I've seen a documentary. A, there's like there a, a dome.
1: While. There's like a sphere it's, dome.
0: No, that's that's the Stephen King. No, but there's show with there's, Hank. I think there's a dome. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is. There's some kind of dome and lights. Yeah, there's a lot of lights. It's sort of Truman Show esque, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, I don't want to get into it. Okay, let's let's not, not be political. This isn't political, but there's a question that one could ask, right? And this is always the question I, I wonder about. I don't here.
1: see this as political. This is like okay, you know. This
0: is always the question I ask, and yeah. I've actually asked this to a friend of mine who is a flat earther, um, which is who benefits, who gains from the flat earth? Like like if it, if indeed it was true, yeah. And this was a big conspiracy. Who's winning? Like who? How does this help someone? And.
1: Shipping companies get to say that they went further or something like I that. I
0: don't like, think that could possibly be. Also, by shipping the way, countries are, shipping companies are getting all scientists and all governments to lie about this. And, for and the, last... the,
1: the conspiracy has to be so ironclad on yeah. top of that that you get literally everybody with a pilot's license <laughs> to agree to it I and know. also to never leak
0: anything. Yeah, it's like, well, I'm, I bet you there's at least one or two pilots who are claiming the earth is flat out. Sure. Yeah, so anyway, um. So I've always wondered that, and the only thing I could come up with, I couldn't come up with shipping companies. I thought it was like um, companies that made like a lot of uh, like globes. rubber balls, yeah, and globes and stuff like that. And so it's like but they could just make maps. Yeah, but if you already made a bunch of these globes and you're sitting on a lot of inventory, so
1: back in like the year 1430, some globe manufacturer was like, <laughs> you know what, I'm going to yep. begin this this thousands of years cabal of of conspiracists.
0: I mean there was no actual flat earth society for real until kind of recently though. Like it was a joke. Yeah. in like the 30s or whatever for debating clubs and stuff like that. It was the whole idea was it was so absurd. Right. But that would that was the idea of the debating society and then it turned into somehow an actual thing which does confuse me a little bit I'll be yep. honest. Quite confusing. Well, we we really did that, didn't we? It's like drunk sports.
1: I feel like we went into that on drunk sports because that was about the time that Kyrie was doing all that stuff.
0: Mm, yep. We did go into it on Drunk Sports that one time. But we have a bigger audience here. Yeah. And we never do anything like this ever. And here we are. And we've If
1: we it. offended the Flat Earthers, fine. Like, that's fine.
0: Yeah. I mean, you probably hopefully, didn't, uh, hopefully you probably didn't if- think we were we were Flat Earthers, right? We talk about math a lot. Yeah. Like, probably not. Now, some Flat Earthers would say that you really knew about math. Yeah. But course. most of them wouldn't. <laughs> so If we lose
1: the Flat Earthers, that's okay. I, can yeah, I
0: don't want to lose anyone. Uh, it's a big tent. But, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, anyway, it's fine. Yeah.
0: We weren't particularly uh I will say this. So um so the friend who yeah. was a flat earther, so he's part of my poker playing like friend group. One of, one of my yeah. you're, you're in a different poker playing friend group. He's, yeah. You you've met this guy, but I, only I a know. little bit. I know of him. Um so like we would get together, me, him, and some other of our group of friends and like play poker and hang out and stuff and home games, have fun. Uh he was also part of like uh well it doesn't matter, but um but, like, we would kind of make fun of him for this, right? Sure. Like, multiple times. And I got to say, I don't think that was helpful or cool at all to do. Like, I don't think there was, like, any value that was gained from doing that. Like, sure. Like, it didn't, like, it doesn't, like, convince him to do anything but dig in harder and feel, like, picked on, which doesn't help, right? It's kind of, it's, it's almost like bullying. And I actually regret, we talked about it, me and him. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah. Um, I actually regret doing it. And I've told him, like, sorry, and, like, we I won't do that again. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, glad, you know. Um I actually don't think it's possible to really help so, to change someone's mind if you're belittling their their that, thoughts. That
1: makes sense. I don't so, I don't mean to belittle, but like when I, I when I think about flat Earth theory, it actually gets me a little bit like upset from my logical, scientific yeah. mind perspective of like, come on, like right. Why 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 would you do that? Why would you think?
0: I understand. That? Yeah, I understand, and it's it's a little confusing to me too, but. You know, the, uh, the only alternative is to have a really long, in-depth conversation about it, which to me is, like, no, worse. No, no thanks. Way worse. No thanks.
1: <laughs> no thanks. Yeah. So right. people
0: are going to do what they're going to do, and so be it. It doesn't, right. it doesn't really matter, right? Someone can think the Earth is flat. It doesn't really affect anything. It's okay for yeah. them to think that. Like, there are other things they can believe that are problematic. That's not one of them.
1: Yes, I agree. So who cares? I mean, just, you know, general I, society...
0: Degradation. Yeah. I, I understand that, but so be it. That's happening anyway. It is. Yay. Anyway. All that, right. What we can what be done with ridiculous the ridiculous opening. We can
1: be done with the conspiracy theory section until later in the episode. Then we'll get back. Okay. To good. Good. Some of the other ones.
0: Yeah. I can't wait.
1: Let's let's play a different game. Okay. Just who are these guys, Garrett and Dylan? Because this pot gets huge. It does. Almost four hundred thousand dollars ends up going in this pot. So I was saying to Jonathan before we started doing this hand that. This felt like old high-stakes poker with the pot being that big, you know, mm-hmm. where, like, they would have pots like that every once in a while. It seems like a lot of the time in the current streams and the, the big high-stakes cash games that are available to the public, the pots don't get this big anymore. At least the ones in America. I guess the ones in Macau and stuff sometimes get way bigger. Yes, um, they do. Yeah. But that, all, that almost feels, like, unreal. It almost feels like it didn't happen. <laughs> it's like so much they're playing like three thousand to six thousand. I like don't
0: that. really know whose money it is in all these spots. Yeah. Like Tom Dwan's like it's you know, not going on money. for one point two million dollars with Ace Queen pre flop. It's not his money.
1: Yeah, right? it's just not right. Which I think this is Garrett's money.
0: You know, I believe it is too. I yeah. don't know, but I believe it is
1: right. So maybe that's why it feels like it because it felt oh. like it was those guys' money on High stakes Poker.
0: Well, for David Benjamin, we know it was his money that time, right? Because yeah. he was all he freaking was, out. Yeah,
1: that's that's yeah. for sure. So what do we know about Dylan Gang, his his adversary in this hand?
0: Not a whole lot. Uh we know that the one hand that I mentioned yep. with the slow roll, he's a regular in these games. And I looked him up on Hendon. He's like 180K total in Hendon. It's not a huge amount uh Maybe for just just many, a cash many years. Player. Yeah. He's uh and it's it's the interesting thing is it's not like a huge amount of scores. So like he finished 10th in a WPT event in 2019 for like 80K. Uh, mm. And he had another like 90K and everything else is tiny, basically. Where he finished like third in a $500 WPT deep stacks for 90K. Can you imagine wow. how big first place was? Maybe they made a deal, but like, wow, I yeah. know. I was pretty impressed too. $500, that's like 90K. It's hard to do. It's a big field. Yeah. So anyway, um, so he is, I think, not like a, I don't believe he's a pro based on the fact that he slow rolled Garrett the way he did a week ago. Like it wasn't done in a fun way, and it like it isn't like when Sean it wasn't Deeb, like he was having fun. Yeah, Sean Deeb like slow rolled Mike Mattis out, and yeah. it was totally like I'm a guy doing this to another guy because we're all like on some level. Now Mike Mattis obviously did not he did not feel appreciate same, it, but like Sean Deeb was clearly like shocked that there was any kind of bad blood there, yeah. like that he was just fucking around. Yeah, uh, this is like if you watch it when Dylan does it, it's different. Dylan is like trying to jam a fork in Garrett's side a little bit and hurt huh. him, um, but it. I don't think it really bothers Garrett that much because, you know, Garrett like doesn't really care ultimately, right. you know. Like he knows he's gonna win some and lose some and he's he has his struggles with the swings, clearly he tweets about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that getting slow rolled adds much more to it. Like that never bothers me. Right. Like I don't want someone to do it, but it's not a big fucking deal. And everyone acting like it does it does is always crazy to me.
1: So Dylan Gang is basically a human slow roll. That's all we know right now.
0: Yeah, he's probably yeah, I don't know anything else about him. He's like maybe kind of a dick. But. Right, right. He's maybe kind of a dick. That's, that's all we know. All right,
1: so where I'm going with this, because we know a lot about Garrett, is like if we were to analogize these guys to being players from the old school high stakes poker, the original run with, with uh, Gabe Kaplan, mm-hmm. who, who are they from those casts of Whoa, players? Oh
0: weird. Okay, Dylan is, hmm, I was going to say Sammy Farha, but I think that's, that's too spewy. We don't have any real reason to think yeah. he's that spewy. I don't know. Who are they? You must have ideas. I don't. I don't oh, really. Like, really? You went in this blind? No, I thought I thought it would be, yeah. We do everything blind. <laughs> we pretend to do everything blind, but we have a whole outline that and we follow. this is part of it. <laughs> these are the words <laughs> I'm now supposed to say. I'm currently We're, reading the script. This is an endless loop that we can go into. Boy, we love making that joke. It's a good joke. It's a good joke. So, okay. Who are these guys? Let's see. Okay, Garrett. Garrett's Garrett, like... Who the, are the th- candidates to be Garrett? Uh, okay, I guess Negranu is Negranu, a candidate. Um,
1: Duan, sort of. He's like a combo
0: of them almost. I feel like Duan was a little uh, more wild and felt innovative compared to what Garrett's doing, which is not a put down on Garrett. Yeah. It just was like at the, for the times. Um, Garrett's got to be one of whoever
1: was one of the bigger winners, though.
0: Yeah. Like, so he's analogous to... His... That's true. That's true. Eric Lindgren, is that too much of a... He, he didn't even play that much. I just remember that one hand where he tri- rivered quads and, against yeah. Negronu and got paid. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, been a while. Yeah. Uh, you know.
1: Patrick Antonius, maybe?
0: That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good for Garrett. And then Dylan's gonna be like, maybe in one of the amateurs or one, like the Sean Shakan, maybe. Oh, Sean Shakan's not bad, actually. Sean
1: Shakan, I think, obviously doesn't seem to be as much of a dick as Sean Shakan. No. It's hard to be as much of a dick as Sean Shakan. It's Chacon. basically
0: impossible. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, no one could be. Do you
1: remember in like, I think it was season two of High Stakes Poker. They included a segment, which was them following Sean Shikan to a casino. It was like day in the life of Sean Shikan. He was like trying to show them how he wins at blackjack. No. He just like showed, showed him go and like play blackjack and they kind of did a lot of cutting and editing. So it wasn't clear what happened. But he's like, that's how you make $5,000. <laughs> that was a part of High Stakes Poker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. you know, they were they were ahead of the curve on the whole vlogger thing, I guess, a little bit, right? Like, look at the lifestyle, yeah. lifestyle of these guys. It's so interesting. I think
1: that's what they were going for. Yeah. But they never did it again with anybody else that um, I remember. They
0: probably had an awful time filming it with fucking Sean Chacon. It's probably yeah. like, that was horrible. I hated this. <laughs> and that was the end of it, right? Yeah. It's like... I don't think it would be fun to spend like that much time with him. I don't really know. I've never met the guy. Just going off of the video I've seen. I mean,
1: him. maybe he was trying to do like a Helmuth brand maybe building he was. thing where he's maybe like, he I want to be this guy and people will pay, yeah.
0: to pay to be around this guy. I've never heard anyone say anything about him. Like, I've been in the poker world and know a lot of people, you know, like, yeah. know a lot of people who've, like, you know, famous poker players, et cetera, et cetera. I've never heard anyone say anything good or bad about Chanchakon in my life, which is weird. It is
1: weird because he was, like, a big part of high-stakes poker seasons, like, one through three.
0: Yeah, and then made a splash in the World Series that time when he, like, got into the yeah. verbal altercation with Mike Matisau. Like, we all know who he was. Just no one ever talks about him except you when you talk about, like, his glasses getting broken or whatever, yeah. right? And... The little thing, but nothing else ever comes up with him. Interestingly enough,
1: it's probably not a fair thing to, to give no. Dylan Shan
0: It probably isn't. It's probably too much. But when he did the thing, he's like, just kidding, and then flipped his cards over. You know, that was like a dickish move for no real reason.
1: Maybe he thought he was being like cherubic and fun. You know, maybe he's not a dick and he just, it's possible. Maybe he just didn't execute it well. You he know?
0: did a thing just before uh, this episode uh, where, like, before they're filming him before they start, and he's like outside the room and he's like, you're about to see what winning looks like. You know, yeah. and it's like, not. Not a like cool. And or he wasn't like, joking. Didn't seem like it. Now maybe it's this fake joke. Maybe it's super ironic, but I don't know why I would think that. I is. don't know. With that,
1: maybe maybe he does lean Sean Shakan there. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, it felt it felt Sean Shihan. Yeah. Again, not to that degree.
1: All right, we'll go with that. Okay, let's can we move on? <laughs> you do this too often where we have like a little thing what we're doing and you, yeah. you like act like it's just making you yeah. want to kill yourself. It's not that's not great for the podcast.
0: Why is that bad? What do you mean?
1: We're doing great numbers on this show. That's true.
0: It's clearly my reactions to the, the it's stuff whenever we do. whenever you shit on the show that we're currently doing,
1: that's what makes the numbers they love go. I
0: love it. I love it. I got to hear more cuz it's conflict. Conflict sells, bro. There's yeah. only two things that sell, sex and conflict. And you're only going to get conflict on this show. Crossfire. Crossfire. That was popular yeah. for a long time.
1: So should we do this show where we have to take really strong uh, opinions? No, we won't do it.
0: No. Remember, there was a point long ago when I came with this idea for a video series called Poker Wars. Yes.
1: We actually, I think we filmed like a, we filmed, a test we, episode. We did.
0: We did. Um, so it was, the idea was like some, someone makes a play and then we argue about it as if we're on Crossfire. Right. Yeah. We actually did it. And it was horrible because you immediately got turned it into this, like, crossfire-type thing. And, yeah. like, were putting me down and calling me stupid, basically. And I wanted to fucking rip your throat out of him. So like I guess it's effective. I really hated you. <laughs> I was like, this isn't cool. Like, this isn't, like, a fun video to make. You're just being an asshole to me, and I don't like you right now. <laughs> yeah. And then we stopped, and yeah. that was the end of it.
1: That's, that's what happens when you create a polarized, si- yeah. like, system where you have to take a super. It's what ESPN
0: does all the time now. I mean, you could do it in a nice way. (laughs) You could be respectful, though. I mean, they're not respectful on ESPN. They are sometimes. It depends on the show. I guess so. But to your point, yes.
1: Anything that involves Stephen A. Smith is always like, you have to take the most extreme side that Stephen A. Smith is not taking, and he'll take the very extreme side that he is taking, and then you guys fight for 15 minutes about it.
0: He's making like $22 million a year. He doesn't care. So maybe we should make this poker war show. (laughs) Maybe we should. Maybe I should just accept the humiliation of being treated like garbage. You're allowed to fight back. Yeah, but I'm too sweet at heart. I'm too nice. I never pick on you. You pick on me. That's that's our relationship, right? I'm the guy who gets right. bullied. Right. You're the guy
1: who fucking... <laughs> you're the one just, who just admitted uh... to bullying somebody earlier in this episode, right?
0: A uh, little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But that, I learned from it, though. I apologize. I talked to him, but I said, I haven't done it since. You continue to pick on me to this moment. Right now, you're picking on me. I'm picking on you right now. <laughs> <laughs> right now, you're doing... Basically, this is... I don't want no it, Oh yeah, I killed a, all.
1: I killed all the puppies in that shelter. But I apologize. I learned
0: from it. <laughs> I mean, if people were to go back and listen to any one of our episodes, let alone all of them, and some of, some people have to listen to every episode, yeah, they would all agree with me that you are you are effectively the the Goliath to my David, and everyone's rooting for me. <laughs> <laughs> it must be nice to live in your head. Well, you would like to know, but you refuse to hide and find out. It's not my fault you don't know.
1: You would just you would just do like, like the, just general thoughts all the time as you walk around the apartment. I
0: mean, sure, you're alone. You gotta you need some commentary, right? Yeah. I'm not the guy who like puts on music or like you know the news. I don't have the TV just playing, mm-hmm. so I'm talking. I'm talking about what's up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so your your life when you're alone in your apartment is just basically exposition. It's just. It's, it's like watching a bad movie no, where, no, no, where no. The, the character just explains what's happening to It's you.
0: not like that because it's just a few little bits of words about the whole universe that's happening in my head, which to me is exposition, but to no one else would it make any sense at all, I think. You know, I say some weird stuff, man. You just walk around like, mm, French toast. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a little bit, a little bit like that. Hmm. I, have, I do have my phrases that I say over and over. I don't even know if I say them out loud or if I just think them, but like the same, you Can know. Give me an level. example. Uh, it's hard to do on, on the spot. I know I have them because I was I was aware of it the other day. I was like, oh, that's something I say to myself all the time, but yeah. I don't know what it is off the top of my head. i have to think about that. Maybe mm-hmm. by the end of the show, I'll, I'll think of one.
1: Well, that would be great. But who cares? Jeffrey Yanchek cares.
0: Whoa, we got a transition.
1: Because Jeffrey Yanchek suggested this hand on Discord. Discord. If you want to be cool, get on
0: Discord. Discord. Nacho cheese on Discord. Discord. Is nacho
1: cheese the coolest flavor? The
0: the gnarliest? I don't think it is. What's the coolest flavor? Sour cream and onion. (laughs) I'm not talking about what tastes... No, I know. The coolest. They're like, woohoo, yo, yo yeah,
1: like, sour g-
0: cream and onion. No,
1: nacho cheese is definitely like catching some gnar at the mountain,
0: bro. I mean, that's a ridiculous thing. Obviously, both of those are dumb and not real. It's it's all the spicy stuff. It's the flaming hot stuff. It's the cool, extreme, extreme, you know, like Mountain Dew type stuff. Like mm. the gnar. The gnar is going to be your flaming hot fucking Cheetos or whatever. The okay. gnar is going to be your fucking. That sounds really good. You love that. As far those.
1: as junk food goes, flaming hot Cheetos are phenomenal.
0: You should have those things called, what are they? Yakis, Takis. I would love to have some takis. Yak- I think they're Takis is what they're called. They're like, by this, by the, I think they may even, they they have the flaming hot stuff, but it's they're good. apparently even hotter. Yeah. That is good. I haven't had them. I wouldn't eat them. You like flaming
1: hot Cheetos even though I you don't do. like spicy stuff. They're pretty
0: hot though, but I do like them. I think one level hotter than that is a little too much for my virgin tongue.
1: I'm surprised that you can even handle flaming Hot Cheetos. Me too. The, like, I can't eat them all. There have been periods in our lives where I've cooked a lot of our meals together because we've either lived together yeah. or we've been on like a similar diet that we decided to do, and you changed the the texture of my foods because I have to make them less spicy.
0: <laughs> like, Fuck yeah, you do. Yeah. I actually uh, ordered Mongolian beef from a place the other day, and uh, I called it in, and then like seven minutes later, I called back. I'm like, hey, I just want to make sure that's a zero spicy. And the guy's like, you didn't order zero spice. I'm like... Yeah, I know. I forgot. But I'm calling now. He's like, well, they already made it. I was like, well, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to work. He's like, it's okay. It's, it's barely spicy. And it was mostly barely spicy. Okay. Even it was supposedly medium. Um, but that was lucky. <laughs> you dodged <laughs> the bullet there. I don't know how. And it wasn't very good either. I've never ordered that fucking place again.
1: huh. I, I think I've just missed out, but so I don't expensive. think I've ever had good Mongolian
0: beef. Oh, yeah? I've had it. Actually, the only time I i ever had it was a vegan place. So it wasn't even actual Mongolian beef. Huh. It was Mongolian something else that looked Saitan like it. or something? I don't know. It was pretend beef, but it really looked and smelled and tasted like beef. It was good. Anyway, for God's sake. All right. We can talk about the hand. Great Jeffrey, idea. Jeffrey
1: Yancek would, would probably like it if we talked about the hand. Or maybe he just wanted to hear the opening and wanted his name to be part of it, and he's achieved those things. Well, On Discord, use the link in Discord. the show notes.
0: Discord. Yeah.
1: Discord, not cheese. Show notes. There's a link to Discord. Go there. We'll see you there. Okay. We'll have a great time. Great. All right. It's a 100, 200, 400 game with a $200 big blind ante. Okay. Garrett Adelstein has $306,000 in front of him because he always has that amount. Yeah. You know, just... Nearly a thousand blinds, no big deal. Seven hundred fifty blinds. Yeah, it's a lot of blinds. It's a lot of blinds. He's got ten nine of clubs on the button. He's gonna make it twelve hundred. Yep. I, I am always surprised when these guys don't make it bigger when there's three blinds and an ante. Yeah, me but too. But that's what these guys are doing, and they're really good at these games, Garrett. In Garrett particular. is really good at these games, so he knows what to do. So yep. we'll trust his sizing. Maybe here.
0: the button actually makes it so he's a little bit more. You know, he's always gonna position, so it's cool. I don't know, but. Yeah, uh, yeah, my inclination would certainly sure. to go higher in this kind of a spot. But mm-hmm. whatever, It's Garrett, it's fine.
1: Oh, by the way, this, was, uh, this is going to be done by Wesley Cannon as far as the solver work. Cool. Which we will come back at the end and cool. take a look at. So we'll, we'll be looking at solver work later. Okay. Dylan Gang is in the big blind, which is actually the middle blind, the 200 of the 100, 200, right. And uh, he's got ace four of hearts. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to do here? Typically in this type of situation, yeah, where
0: there's a third blind behind yeah. you, still, right? Yeah, I think we can still call sometimes. <clears throat> well, how deep is Dylan? He's 196k. Yeah, so he's got a lot of frickin' chips too. Yeah, and right? this
1: this hand can play well post
0: flop. Yeah, so like normally this is like more of a three bet spot. and I think we can three bet this hand. I think it's okay mm-hmm. even in, even right now. But I don't think we should be three betting this hand all the time because we're so deep. We absolutely can call here. I think, and it's okay to do so. Yeah. Um. So I would think it's somewhere, I don't know, I almost want to lean a little more towards a call than a raise. Maybe that's bad. I may be wrong to do that, but my my inclination is almost 60-40 call because we're so insanely deep, and this hand plays well multi-way, so even if we get another caller, it's not so bad.
1: I agree with those points. Um, I guess a big part of it depends on our perception of Garrett's button range and how likely we are to actually fold that range out, because we've seen Garrett... Opened Jack Seven suited on this show. I mean, he wasn't on the show, but you know, we did we did this hand on the show. Mm-hmm. He opened Jack Seven, I think, of Spades, and Andy three bet out of the big blind to a pretty big sizing with Ace Queen, and Garrett called exactly. with Jack Seven suited. So, does that mean we have basically no fold equity if we three bet?
0: I mean, here's something I'm very aware of these days, and this is from I started playing a little cash again, and from watching shows like this a little bit too. Uh, no one ever folds to three bets in cash; they just don't do it. It's like Really, really rare. So you have to size it very, very large, or you need uh, you need to be playing a tournament, basically. Those are the only ways people fold anymore. Like, we did a we shot poker time recently. It was six max poker time. And we did uh, four hours or three and a half hours of play, something like, maybe it was three hours of play. No, it was four hours of play. Four hours of actual play. It was all holding the entire time one three bet got through, I think, the entire night. And yeah, there was wow. a fair amount of three betting, you know? Like... If that's going to be the case, I don't think we should. There should be much light three betting. Like I, don't, I just don't know what the value of it is. Like,
1: well, I mean, the value would be that Ace Four of Hearts is ahead of Garrett's range. Yes. So the value is we put more money in when we have a superior hand to the majority of his holdings.
0: However, we're going to be out of position. Yeah. We're really deep, which is makes it harder. And he's Garrett, and maybe Dylan doesn't. Maybe Dylan thinks he's better than Garrett. But Garrett, at least you'd have to think, no matter how good you think you are, is a very formidable opponent. And not necessarily the guy you, who's, if he's going to call 100% of the time or nearly 100% of the time, I don't know that we want to be very, very deep against him out of position. Yeah. So that makes me want to call even more. It makes me want to adjust my percentages from 60, 40 to even more calls, mm-hmm. I have to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's fair.
0: If, we were getting fold, if people were folding, fine, but people just don't fold anymore. It does
1: seem like even if we have uh, an advantage as far as our hand is better than his range that's going to continue, that the position kind of removes that advantage.
0: Yeah, I mean, we could, obviously we have some very strong hands in our range, yeah. and that would be different. Now we're destroying his range, and that feels, you know, we've got ace-queen, we have two jacks. Okay, that makes more sense, right? Um, that, that does negate. I think his position and all this other well, I guess stuff, the
1: point of three betting then if we're getting no folds and, and the positional disadvantage mitigates the advantage of range um, is is balance we, we actually get to achieve some balance by having some weaker holdings
0: right that's true're we, we, of course if we're gonna va- if we're going to do heavy stuff like the, the really good stuff, you're right. we need to be somewhat balanced against a guy like Garrett, and this is a reasonable hand to be balanced with for sure. Yeah. So you can't hate... I don't hate this.
1: Maybe, maybe we would prefer hands like 6-7 suited just so that we have more board coverage inherent yeah. within our balance. Maybe mm-hmm. that's a better way to do it.
0: Having an ace blocker is pretty good, though. Yeah. And this hand plays well, especially when you're really deep. It does play well. Now, out of position, it's harder. But at least, you know, the, the nut flush draw of fair you know, if we ever flop that, there's a lot of good things that can happen when you're very deep with enough flush yeah. draw. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. So this is a fine candidate to 3-bet with, but I still mostly want to call...
1: Just because of the the current situation in poker, where it seems like nobody's folding the three best in cash games.
0: nobody's folding we're at a position um, against the guy who's really good, and we're deep enough that I don't know we could get kind of hurt like we're going be in a lot of weird spots with a hand like this, you know if, obviously if we make the nuts we're not, but if we make top pair, it gets mostly we're not going to make the nuts, mostly we're not going to get three hearts on the board, yeah so.
1: yeah, that gets me thinking like you know how there's kind of like a current metagame in poker at all times shifts slowly from one thing to another like you know in tournaments for a long time it was like only min open ever was like the the prevailing wisdom yeah and does this just feel like another piece of that like in cash games you don't fold the three bets that's the current metagame
0: it sure seems like it uh it is really noticeable to me like and like i've really strongly adjusted my personal three betting cash strategy now where like I'm just not doing it like because there's so little value in, and you just don't get it through. So what the hell are you doing? Why would you do that? So do you
1: think this is a mistake by the community at large that will be yes. corrected over time? Yes. Kind of like back when we first started doing the show and people were folding to small three bets all the time. Uh, and you were like, that seems wrong because the price is so good. Yeah. You know, and then people stopped folding to those small three bets and people started three betting bigger.
0: My guess is what we're going to ultimately see happen is the three bettors are going are to really change their sizing they're going to start to make it much more than it is right now. So, Dylan, in this case...
1: He does throw about the 6,500 over 12, which is So, that's
0: pretty big. Yeah. But when you're this deep, maybe it isn't big enough. Maybe you have to go to 9,000. Now, is it worth doing 9,000? Jesus, to win 1,200 plus this... You're winning 2,000. It's 9 to win 2. Yeah, there's
1: some meridian there where it's no longer worth it.
0: But I think sizing is going to have to change. Maybe nine is too much. But I think sizing... 65 is big. It, it really is. But maybe it has to be bigger, even, like even five, bigger now.
1: five and a half X of Garrett's right. open. But if
0: he's always calling, it's not big enough. Yeah. And there's got to be a number where he isn't always calling, and we have to find that number. And so that, so now it's hard for him again, right? I guess... I mean, he's always going with this hand, I think, almost no matter what number we have. 10-9 clubs. He's probably... Yeah. We'd, have, we'd have to do some insane level. 20,000 or something. Fine, but yeah. we're never going to do that. But, like, but if it's, maybe it's 8,000 folds out, so like the jack-seven suiteds of the world at least, you know? Maybe. Now, I don't know. I don't we, know either.
1: We were both surprised to see Garrett call yeah. with that hand when we did that hand.
0: Agreed. But that's like a 7.5x yeah. off the raise. That's pretty big. Maybe he vaults. But that's the kind of stuff I would start to experiment with if I'm going to do light three betting. What I do instead is just don't light 3-bet and get huge value whenever I have a good hand because they never fold, and I know that. So what's the problem? You, do you know, think... like, I don't need to change their behavior. That's the way I'm doing so it. So
1: obviously you think the 3-betters are making a mistake when they're 3-betting light when the evidence shows that they're not going to get it through. Yeah. Do you think the callers are making a mistake by calling too frequently also?
0: I do. Yeah. Absolutely. They're calling uh, with you know ranges that are too weak, and for sure. And so... I guess you can make the case only one side is really getting hurt by that, so maybe the three-betters are doing Oh, no. If the three-betters are doing it light, though, then they're not taking advantage of the spot yeah. correctly, that's all. They should be doing this exploitatively, mm. I think, and just doing it with strong. Now, here's the thing you can do. You depolarize your range, right? Yeah. So now you can raise things like King-Jack suited. King-Jack suited. That was the first thing I was going to say. Um, Ace-Jack suited, Ace-10 suited. You can do stuff like that and get called by worse hands, because yeah. they're calling with everything now, right. instead of the old days where you were, you were in game theory dis- disaster mode with a like Ace Jack, mm. you're going to fold that Ace Ten and get called by Ace Queen. It was hell. That's not the case anymore. Fine. Yeah. Now we can three bet this and maybe get really good value down the road, um, and or or you know steal the pot yeah. post flop because we have the initiative. Um, yeah, but I think that's the place. You, you you're tighter. You're sorry. You get you drop off all the light stuff. And you widen your, you thicken your, your value range because they're calling with everything.
1: So let's give your future opponents insight into your strategy because that's going to be helpful for you.
0: Well, I know a few people who listen to this podcast yeah. who I play against. It doesn't matter;
1: they're not going to adjust.
0: Well, one guy will, but I know who it is, so it's okay. Yeah, only one.
1: It's fine. You can, you can out level. Yeah, this, I will. This I'm person
0: probably Stuart. He may even know. No, it's not Stuart. Uh, it's but he, he may know who he is. Even he probably suspects, but that's okay. As long as he knows it's possible that I'm going to 3-bet him. like So ultimately, your
1: strategy, if you continue playing in these cash games that you've started playing in again, is to expand your value 3-betting range to include more pretty good hands that you wouldn't have previously 3-bet. Yes.
0: Yeah, I think Ace-Jack is a really good example of
1: that. King-Queen suited in some cases. Yes. Stuff like that. King-Jack suited even.
0: Still not not attacking like under the gun opens and stuff like that, but the middle position stuff, um, yeah, things that might have been calls or folds are just like pretty easy 3-bets in a lot more cases.
1: Is this our longest opening of all time?
0: Well, we're, we're into the hand a little Sort bit. of into the hand. We're into the hand. Okay. We it's, got. We already have. We said Dylan three yeah. bet.
1: Yeah, but we did. We've been doing a big side quest here. Well, yeah.
0: Well, but it's, it's like, about. It's, it's about like a Mandalorian
1: this. episode. It's all side. Oh, all side quest. Oh
0: damn! You had to come after the Disney Plus. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I I shorted their stock, so I had to
0: smart. Do, yeah, smart. Well, this will do it. Yeah. Now you're going to be rich. Anyway, it is pretty late into the podcast, I'll say that. So why don't we talk about Dylan deciding to 3-bet to 6.5K, Yeah, which, which seems which like it's at sh- least it fine. should be
1: enough to get the job done against the, yeah. the junk, right? If
0: you're going to do it, this is a reasonable hand to do it with, and that's a reasonable size. It would seem, although I'm now advocating for even bigger sizes, yeah. but this would have been a reasonable one to be trying, this yeah. size. This is obviously bigger than a 4X or something.
1: Right, right. Uh, Garrett is going to call because he has ten nine of clubs, and you can't right. you can't fold that hand. He's on the button; they're deep. I believe it's illegal to fold the hand in this case; it would be Good. considered collusion, and he would be ejected from the Hustler Casino, live, live on television. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Garrett calls. The okay. pot is thirteen thousand seven hundred dollars. Great. Before we get to the flop, because there's going to be a lot to talk about on the flop, I think we got to talk is. about Nitrogen Sports. Okay, because they pay the bills, man. They keep the lights <laughs> on. We got. Give oh, a shout. Yeah, they love peanut butter and jelly, just like you. Uh, uh, you're regular Joe, so is nitrogen, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, you're uh, you're like, I wear pants and I wear underwear every day, and so does nitrogen. Yeah, it's great. It's great.
1: <laughs> I, uh, I operate a Bitcoin-only uh, casino online,
0: uh, so does nitrogen. <laughs> I have shameful thoughts that I would not tell anyone else in the world, <laughs> so does nitrogen. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Nitrogen Sports, shameful (laughs) thoughts. It all goes together. There's a link in the show notes. Yes. Yeah, I'm saying show notes. I love it. Uh, That'll take you to Nitrogen. That link will give you access to our monthly tournament. It is the last Sunday of every month, except for December this year, which is actually going to be on December 18th.
0: Whoa, look at you. So on top of this Yeah, because somebody was asking
1: about it in the Discord, and I posted the schedule.
0: I know. I was just making it sound like you were more impressive than you were. That's what I do over here. I, I boost you up. It's I amazing. Bolster you. You, do so,
1: you do so much for me, and I just bully you. And there's exactly. years and years of evidence.
0: I'm a victim. I'm the victim.
1: <laughs> the only one. Uh, Nitrogen Sports is going to make you a victim
0: of having a great time. I'm making a million
1: dollars. <laughs> You're going to have such a great time. You're going to feel like a victim. Uh, use the link in the description. <laughs> they have sports betting, they have casino games. Uh, the monthly tournament is great. They also do stuff like March Madness brackets, where where it's free to enter and there's Bitcoin payouts. Mm. Um, we actually have to talk about that soon, but you know that's actually in the past. Now yeah, for we can't the do listeners. it. It's going
0: to be tweet only. There's going to be a Twitter. past <laughs> tweet. Like <two> <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah, measurement
1: sports where dreams take wing.
0: Yeah, and we'll see
1: you there. Okay, all right, back to the hand. Thirteen seven in the pot. Garrett's got 9 ten of clubs. Dylan, the 3-better, out of position, has ace, 4 of hearts. The flop is 6 of hearts, deuce of diamonds, 9 of diamonds. Okay.
0: Top pair for one player, two backdoors for the other.
1: Yeah. Is this an auto bet for Dylan?
0: I think it is, actually. I think we should be betting this because we have our two backdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, we bet, with, and we, we can continue if we improve, and probably shouldn't be continuing on just blanks, total bricks. Like, if, if an offsuit can come, sure, we can bet. But, like, really, we're looking for hearts or a straight draw. Type cards.
1: So, if you think you think if Dylan had an Ace Four of Clubs, he should just check and, and fold to a bet because
0: there's only one back door. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think it's close. Yeah. I think it's close. This is not a great board for us, right? It's better for Garrett than for us.
1: Slightly. It's not super coordinated. It's not like all over Garrett's range. Really. No,
0: but Garrett's going to have a lot. Like Garrett's got King Queen and stuff yeah. like that. So if we bet enough, he'll fold hands like that. But he's got, but all the middling type cards, like he has actually like 10, 9, 7, 8, 7, 6, whatever, all that stuff. Um, This hits a lot of that. And like his range hits it more than ours, right? And we, like we said, he's calling everything and he's open from the button. Like his range hits it better than ours. So I think if we don't have more than what we have, yeah, I think one backdoor isn't enough to continue on this exact board. That's reasonable. I don't know if that Dylan would ever not continue. Yeah, who knows? Yeah.
1: He is going to continue and, and you're a fan, I think that's I also yeah. agree with the two back doors you you pretty much have to. Um, what sizing would you choose thirteen seven in the pot
0: Well, I think we want to make sure we're folding out the king queens of the world exactly right, like those types of hands.
1: We could sometimes even fold out a better hand, but not but only a slightly better
0: hand like yeah eight, like a like ace. eight. yeah right yeah. like ace eight but so um, with thirteen seven in the pot. I think we want to bet kind of biggish because this board is him more than us if we're mm. betting, so I would want to bet like seventy five hundred eight thousand something like that, sure a little more than half the pot, yeah, I get it,
1: and I think I agree okay, but Dylan doesn't no, he bets forty five hundred
0: that is very small, so we're not going to successfully fold out. well, we can fold out um the ace eights of the world. I don't know if we can fold out two overcards to the board.
1: King Queen of Clubs, maybe we can fold out. You know,
0: maybe with position, maybe not. Maybe he just throws it in and sees what happens on the Maybe turn. it's unclear to me. Yeah, but not too much. Like King Queen has, you know, the back, one back door and overs, like and position, and we're deep, and it's Garrett. I could see him calling anyway. Yeah, which means he's calling with a lot of stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I agree. I think it's too small. Yeah, uh, we want to make sure we fold out all the stuff. Agreed. Are you ready for some exploit? I want want it. This must be exploit because Garrett's going to go ahead and take his top pair no kicker and raise to yeah. 20k. Yeah. This is like it's it's 2003 poker but obviously there's more thought than that behind it, right? Like we're just raising, I imagine. raising top pair is not just Garrett's not just like I have top pair I raise.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, he does often doesn't do that, right? Right. Well, here's the quick thoughts. Number 1, this board certainly is his not dylan's number two dylan sizing on this board may really be like a bit of an alarm for garrett where he's maybe oh i probably have the best hand right now dylan's a bit of a dylan like has a bug up his ass to try and like get me so So this is about equity denial then it could also be an inducing even like it's like i don't know what the plan is for garrett is he really going to raise fold this hand i honestly have no idea i don't know either it seems bad to raise fold this hand right like you should, if you're going to raise fold, you should call.
1: Well, it's shocking that you're asking this question as if we're not going to know if Garrett raised folds this hand, because it wouldn't be a breakdown if Garrett just raised the flop and Dylan folded, right? And the flop is do 6-9 yeah. with one heart, and Dylan has ace-4 of hearts, and Garrett just raised a 20K. Yeah. And somehow we don't know what Garrett would do if he got three back? I
0: could be setting it up. You could be. I do that sometimes. Yeah. I ask the question, and then it turns out we know. Yeah. I do that. Yeah. I'm not. That that must be what happens in this hand, right? (laughs) How else could this be a breakdown hand? Uh, Well, you're going to see, Grant. Okay. Um, Well, Garrett just deciding to raise, though, is really interesting. Yeah. And my thoughts are he just thinks he has the best hand a lot. He's doing really well against Dylan's range, which makes some level of sense, right? Sure, there's all the overpairs. Yeah. um, But Garrett also doesn't have to put in a bet on the turn if he gets called here, right? He can check it back, and it's like he went call, call anyway. Right,
1: because Dylan will be... Calling with no repair. Yes. And
0: he's not going to just randomly lead the turn. Right. Yeah. Um, so that part's good. So in that way, you could say, like, it's kind of the same as long as I don't get three bet. Now, it's kind of like the free river play, sort of? It is kind of like that. Yeah. The fr- it's Yeah. Uh, I do this, and then we get to the river, and then I have to decide if I want to call. Of and- course,
1: the free river play is a limit play, and the flop sizing is smaller than the sizing on the turn, so it... It makes it so that it makes more mathematical sense mm-hmm. to do it in that case. Yeah. when Garrett is choosing like a relatively big size here.
0: Yeah. And of course, what Grant means when he says all this is you raise the flop with the draw, they call, you're in position, then you can check back the turn, you only pay half of what you would have paid if you had went call, call., yeah. And so you save one small bet, right to get to the river. Yeah, with the draw. in limit. Yeah. And of course, if you improve on the turn, you get to keep betting, so you get full value when you get there and you get, it's cheaper when you don't. Mm-hmm. Your hand is, of course, face up against good players, but what are you going to do? Yeah,
1: is that a play that you use in limit?
0: Um, sometimes, yeah. Actually, yeah. a fair amount of the time. Not so much for the free river, though. I usually will continue on the turn a lot, depending on the board and the, hmm. the opponent. Um, it's just good because you have so many raises in limit anyway. You need to have uh, like you're raising top pair in limit, and sometimes even middle pair in limit. Right. So, and, so you need to have other hands. So yeah.
1: this feels like limit. Like Garrett raising this hand makes it feel like limit, yep. sort
0: of. It Garrett can't can Garrett. Okay, let's say Dylan makes it sixty-five thousand.
1: I guess Garrett's going to fold, right? I mean, unless you have extreme data on Dylan. I mean, what is Dylan repping? If he makes... He's repping a set. I guess you could have a flush draw, and you're doing doing okay against that. Right,
0: yeah, yeah. But, like, he doesn't have an overpair if he makes a 65,000 almost ever, right? This isn't Barry Greenstein in the big game 10 years ago. So now it's a set of sixes or a set of deuces, because we block a set of nines pretty strongly. There's one combo. Yep. But there's only seven combos of hands that he could reasonably do this with for value that are beating us, right? Yeah. So maybe we actually don't fold if we think Dylan's that spewy. I'm not sure, because we could think of probably diamond, enough diamond combinations and other weird stuff. Yeah. Assuming he isn't the guy who's ever going to put in a big three-bet with aces here. Which if would he be, is, That would be, be, be too bad. That would be too bad. I don't think he would be, though. I think Garrett's got to know that about him, and, and I would assume that he's not that.
1: It would be fascinating to know what Garrett would do against a three-bet.
0: Yep. I would love to know that, too. But we don't know right now.
1: We kind of still haven't fully figured out why he raised...
0: Yeah, I think, I think it's got to be a lot of equity denial,
1: Yeah, right? Yeah, just, like, get your two overs out of here.
0: I don't know if that's even a... I mean, because maybe you think, like, yeah, you get to charge him more right now. So if he wants to call, that's fine, but now he pays $15,000 more to hit you know, six outs. That's kind of cool if you're Garrett, right?
1: Yeah, except for, you know, you're putting in an extra
0: $15,500 against the hands that beat you. But again, you can check back the turn. Yes. And so then you figure, that's about what I'd be putting in anyway, give or take. It's close. Yeah, probably. So, not bad. It is the kind of board that's wet enough that Garrett could have a lot of draws. I like that. It's a draw-heavy board.
1: Yeah. I mean, it could be for the sake of balance, right? This is a board where maybe Garrett wants to have a lot of raises with draws because there's open-enders and there's gut shots and there's diamond draws that he could be raising and maybe wants to raise a lot of them. So, he has to include some more... Top pairs.
0: Garrett may not have very many over pairs here either. When yeah. it's button against Dylan in the big blind. So he's left with like
1: nine, six suited and sets are his only raises then. So that he wants to expand that.
0: So he's got to have other nines and so and what nines does he have? He may have all the better nines, actually. Like yeah. this and everything better he probably does. Yeah. Right. Although like King Nine off maybe he folds that, but like anything suited, any better nine that suited. Maybe next. this
1: is a better nine to raise than the Broadway nines because with those you block the two overs more frequently. Like, if you had king-nine, you block king-queen. Yeah. So you can call, and it's safer. Because the king's not coming as free. Oh, uh, like like I see. A, like a king but but we have
0: ten-nine. We also block an over there.
1: Yeah, but Dylan's less likely to have a ten as an over as the three-better. That's
0: true. That is true.
1: So maybe this is among the better
0: okay. nines to raise for that reason. I don't know. Right, because we want to deny equity to the king-queen, and there's yeah. one less out. Yeah. One more out, excuse yeah. me, I should say. Okay, that's that's at least possible. Yeah. I don't know, but sure. We don't have any diamonds in our hand. That's good, because there's two diamonds on the board, right? Yeah. Um, and we have clubs in our hand, of course. But like, okay, so there's that. 7-8 is a possibility, too, I guess, for yeah. Dylan. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, he's, he's Probably. I guess so. I guess yeah. he can have it if he can have ace-four. All right. So I'm going to go with it's for balance. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, okay. And, and the other stuff, too. Yeah. Like the board, the opponent. Right. All
1: right, so of course we were... Josh and you guys, and Dylan does three bet to 65K because uh, how else could he continue in this hand with ace four of hearts? So we do know what Garrett does. Oh, wait, I joshed you again. Dylan just calls. Dylan doesn't fold, and he doesn't raise, and it seems like those are the only two options here with ace four of hearts on deuce six nine with one heart and two diamonds when Garrett raises to 20K over our 4,500 on this
0: flop. And we're out of position. If we're in position, you can start to make a case... Right. Yeah. For like, okay, I got two back doors. We're deep. I have position, meaning I can if I like turn something big, I have more opportunities to put pressure on him. Also, if I get there on the river, I can maximize value like we don't get any of that stuff. This is an obvious fold. I don't know how we could call.
1: Is there anything redeeming about that? I mean, he just thinks that Garrett's too loosey goosey and he's going to make a move later. Why wouldn't you just make the move now?
0: Because we don't have enough uh, equity to make the move now. I don't know. Like, we want to have more equity first.
1: Well, then let's have a different hand in yeah, that. Like... I mean,
0: I agree. I agree. I, this doesn't make any sense to call here. This is. This feels like you're just setting this, this money on fire. It just fine.
1: seems like some sort of a fancy play syndrome thing or something like that. I mean, that. I
0: guess he just thinks Garrett's got a lot of draws. Like diamonds, 7-8, stuff like that. Gut shots. There's a lot of gut shots on this board. And he just, he just thinks he's ahead.
1: So his plan is to call down? I don't know.
0: Maybe. Maybe. I mean,
1: it's not like we need to include this hand in order to achieve MDF or anything like that. Like, we have a lot of hands
0: we can call with. I have to believe you're right. Like, so many better hands than this to yeah. call with. Yeah. So I don't understand. Yep. Uh, yeah. It, I
1: agree. It, it's probably just
0: not something that we can... I expect the solver will agree with us on this. Yeah, I think the solver is gonna we'll want to fold this one. We'll find out, but I expect...
1: I would guess if the solver has any non-folds, they're gonna be three bets with this hand.
0: Um, yeah, although I don't really know how you could have a three bet with this particular hand, but... You know, I mean, you don't have a diamond. You don't have seven, eight in your hand. That's cool, but come on. You
1: got two back doors.
0: Yeah. So you don't block the front door. Feels like, a, feels like if we're in position, we could call. And being out of position, we just can't even consider it. I think we would be equally, not equally, but no, I think we would, still,
1: we would still be like, I don't think you should call. you're. Well, were we're doing,
0: we're, now we're calling with the idea of like, well, if he's on a draw, I've got a, a lot of options and I've got my two back doors and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You can talk yourself into it, I think.
1: It's not like Garrett made it small, though. No, he, it's true. It's a, big, it's a pretty big it's raise. It's a big raise.
0: It's a really... Garrett is clearly trying to fold out the king-queens of the world and stuff like that, right? Ace-jack.
1: I guess maybe he wouldn't. I don't know. Like, maybe maybe king-queen folds and ace-four calls, but I don't know
0: why. No, that doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. I mean, you have an extra back door and you have a slightly better hand, but they're effectively value-wise the same, except you have two overs instead of one. And really, you wouldn't think Garrett's raising one pair here, no. right? So Garrett usually has you crushed or has a draw. Yep. Yeah. And... King-Queen turns a, a good hand more of the time. Right. Turns something you can actually go call-call with more of the time. Garrett's draw,
1: by the way, could be a better hand than your hand. That's true. It could be ace-eight of diamonds.
0: Absolutely you know? it could. Absolutely it could.
1: So, yeah, I, I think this is just bad. Okay. Do, do you see any redeeming
0: no. stuff here? No, no, I think we have to fold.
1: Okay. Well, Dylan does call. Okay. All right. There's six of hearts, deuce of diamonds, nine of diamonds. Garrett's got nine-ten of clubs. Dylan has ace-four of hearts. The pot is $53,700, and voluntarily Dylan is still here. <laughs> the turn is the Ten of Hearts. That yeah. is the card of cards. That so is,
0: well, I mean, the card of cards? Yeah, the maybe, King of Kings. Maybe overselling that a little.
1: Okay, so the Nine of Hearts would be more of a card of cards?
0: They're both pretty good, actually. Okay, you know what? Ten of Hearts is one of the card of cards.
1: Yeah, what the hell are you talking about? I'm sorry.
0: I was thinking I wanted to give Dylan, like, uh, more to work with, like, Somehow turn a combo draw, but then Garrett doesn't improve.
1: So. Who, who bullies who? You're just like trying to shit all You're over You're so my...
0: stupid. It's not my fault.
1: <laughs> you have a good point.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Some,
1: God. Sometimes I have to just...
0: Everyone gets that. Everyone's so, on my side. Sometimes I
1: just have to agree with you. <laughs> um, the turn is the 10 of hearts. So Garrett okay. makes top two. Dylan has the nut flush draw now.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was a little harsh. At least I was joking, but still. It's fine. I still feel bad. <laughs> Well, I guess, that's why. That's how you know I'm not a bully, right? Because after, after,
1: after you, after you beat somebody down, you say yeah. sorry.
0: Oh, yeah, I feel a little, feel a little something.
1: After, after, your flat Earth friend was like crying in the bathroom after like years and years of bullying, where you would just find like,
0: oh, here's, here's like a nickel, that. kid.
1: It wasn't like go that. to a science class.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I maybe oversold the bullying, but we did, we did make jokes about it for sure. Yeah, it wasn't cool. I'm sure he felt bullied. So just like maybe. I feel, I know how he feels. That's just like I feel,
1: stop <laughs> trying to do that. You're the bully.
0: You just tried to do the thing that you told me to stop trying to do. You notice that? Wow, this is a, this is an endless level. of You, war. <laughs> you're wrong, and I'm right. <laughs> right. Continuing ten of hearts. All right, ten of hearts, the card of cards. Dylan checks. So Garrett makes top two. Gillen turns the nut flush draw.
1: What do you think about Dylan checking? Do you think you should lead this card once we're here in this manner?
0: It feels really weird to lead this card. Uh, the most obvious, one of the most obvious draws gets there. The straight draw gets there.
1: Yeah, seven eight got there.
0: Also, if Garrett was raising with um, some gut shots, the ten hits top yep. pair with some of those ten, what ten eight and uh, ten seven, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's weird for us to suddenly lead on the ten, isn't it? Super weird. Yeah, I, I don't know how we could lead. All right, so he checks. Okay, we
1: like this. We like that Dylan did this. Yeah, we didn't like his sizing on the flop, and we did not like him calling the raise on the flop. But this is fine. Yeah. All right, here we are. As Garrett, we just hope that Dylan has one of those overpairs, right? And we're just yes. like, let's just let's just put as much money in it as diamonds. possible.
0: He could have diamonds too.
1: Sure. We want to charge the diamonds and get max value from the overpairs. Yep. Or if somehow he has like a
0: better nine that got here. Yeah. Um sure. So you want to bet, right? Absolutely. This is an incredible card to bet with. There's so many cards we can't bet on. Yeah. This is one of the few we really easily can bet. It's a comfortable bet.
1: So what do we want to bet in order to get max value from the overpairs and and charge the draws the right amount? Okay,
0: well, this is the time to size it up, right? It's the turn. This is a wet, wet board. Yeah. Right. For what it is. Dylan called the Rays a,
1: a wet, wet board for what it is.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, it's ten, nine, 6, deuce. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not super. I'm overstating when I say wet, wet.
1: So, for what it is means I don't really mean what I just said.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a wet ish board. <laughs> it's a wet. wet <laughs> it's true. It's true. This, I'm this overstating. 1996 Toyota Camry is a really, really expensive car for what it is. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm going to just use that from now on. That's an incredible <laughs> phrase. It kind of gets you out of everything, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like in a Curb Your Enthusiasm when Larry David started saying, having said that. Yeah. You know, having said that, I'd really like you to. And you just say the opposite. Yeah. It works every time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so this is a wet enough board that uh, I think the overpairs are going to still feel like they have to call it, even though 7-8 comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to charge the diamonds. Um it seems we can have draws that missed, for sure. It seems really obvious to me. We just want to fire away and fire big. So this, to me, is like 75% a pot type type of spot, 80% a pot. Okay. Something like that. So there's 53,000 in there. So I'm thinking 40,000 is about right.
1: Garrett mostly agrees. Mm-hmm. It was 35K. Close enough. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. All right, what do you do with Dylan now? You have 167,000 in your stack. Oh, boy. You've turned the nut flush draw. You...
0: What a problem we've, we've You're created to ourselves. The,
1: I don't think we're getting the right direct odds to draw to the flush alone.
0: We have to be ahead some of the time, which yeah. we might be. We might be ahead some of the time here. You could
1: have king, queen of diamonds or something. Yep, king, jack
0: of diamonds, king, queen of diamonds. He turns a, a, a monster. More, more, more outs, yeah. Um, so that's good. Okay, let's go over our options here calling can can we okay we can call only if we believe Garrett's got enough draws here that have missed that we're ahead enough of the time right yes. and the problem with calling is if a heart comes we're just going to suddenly bet or no i guess we're going to check and hope he fires away right that's what we're going to do cuz well, if he has a draw is, he might go for it
1: is it the right price if an ace is good so it's 35k to win
0: 88k i would think an ace is good here if, and it, it it is not but i would assume it was most all right of the so time. that that gives us 12 outs. Sorry. Let me re-say that. Um, against Garrett's... No. Like, against Garrett's value, you'd never think an ace is no. good. So it's only good against his bluffs. But I would, then I would assume that. Now, maybe if he's got ace-8 of diamonds, we're wrong about that.
1: Because we're assuming if the turn was a brick, Garrett would not have bet again with just one pair. Right. I
0: would yeah. not think so. I think okay. he's going to check.
1: So the, so the ace doesn't matter against Garrett's value. Right.
0: It only beats his bluffs, and then it probably doesn't matter. So then the 12 outs, so it's not
1: worth considering 12 outs. It's more like considering nine outs uh, against a range that includes bluffs.
0: Unless Garrett turned like bottom pair or middle pair into a bluff on the flop for reasons unknown, which sometimes people do, but not that often. Yeah. So I wouldn't really worry too much about that.
1: Right. So we've got like about 20% to, to get there. We're not getting the right price.
0: Okay. So that means we probably can't call. Yeah. Okay, great. Let's move on. Thirty-five k to one eighty-eight k. Not good enough. Right, because even though Garrett has some draws here, one they've got equity. Yeah. Two, we're out of position. It's going to be like he can just put so much pressure on us on the river. Like, like is like, he going to call
1: if he's going to bomb the river when he right. misses and we miss too?
0: Like, and we that lose sucks. those times. then Sucks. And he is. He's going to bomb yeah. a lot. So, so we just can't call. Okay. All right. So options B and C, or A and B, are fold and raise. Folding seems at least reasonable. It's weird to call the raise, turn the nut flush draw, and fold, though. That does not cognitively dissonant, or that is cognitively dissonant. Well, that, well,
1: I think that type of thing is going to happen when you do
0: the thing that Dylan yes, did on the flop. Of course, because you're going to end
1: is. up in these weird th- spots that make it so you have to do things that don't make sense in congruence with each other.
0: I'm going to say if we're the guy who calls fifteen thousand five hundred on the flop, raise, we turn the nut flush draw. I can't really imagine we're ever going to fold. That would make I mean, that, that makes, doesn't really fit. That does makes it? plenty of sense. So okay, so so raising is not crazy, except we maybe in some level of game theory disaster mode here, right? Where like we can maybe fold out like ten seven or ten eight with a raise. He's not betting those. He's probably checking those. Yeah. Yeah, you're right.
1: So we should probably discuss Garrett's range besides just the draws that aren't currently there, right? Because he did, he has seven eight in his range, which is there. No question. We have like, he has
0: pocket sixes, pocket deuces. Pocket nines, pocket nines. At least sometimes, clearly ten nine. Yeah, maybe even ten nine off. Certainly ten nine. I don't started. know if
1: we would know he had ten nine.
0: We know he can have. T- oh, right, because of the raise on yeah. the flop. That's fair. Um, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't think he did. Would I? Would actually not not have that be part of it. But I'd be very aware that seven eight just got there, and maybe he has all combos of. Seven, he might have eight.
1: sixteen combos of seven
0: eight. Yeah. Maybe he certainly got four. Maybe sixteen. Yeah, that's a problem. That's a real problem
1: because then the rest of the stuff that we're if we raise what we're targeting then is the flush draws, which. I suppose he has to fold if we go all in over this, even with like the Queen Jack of Diamonds, which is the super yeah. combo
0: draw. I he's think he's going to have to fold that.
1: So he's going to have to fold all of his flush draws, which is good.
0: Garrett can have some uh, monster over pairs too. I don't know what he's going to do if we check race. He's not always going to four bet those pre flop.
1: Not always, but he's certainly also not always going to raise them on the flop. But he's
0: going to have some... But some of those can be raised. If you've got kings here, he could raise the flop with kings.
1: Yeah. It's just like... It's how a many parlay. How it's many a combos parlay. are there? I agree. I'm just left. trying to
0: think of other things that he can have. I don't know what he's going to do with, the, with all his... Although he may not even bet one pair on the turn. He probably would. Probably.
1: Can we fold out kings?
0: I don't know. I'm wondering that myself. Yeah. So that's a problem too. So what... So Garrett's got... Either very strong hands or draws. Like, almost no, like, medium strength yeah, hands. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think. Okay, so if we're going to raise, how much do we need to raise? We just need to price out the draws. We don't need to, like, get somebody to make a tough fold or anything like that, right? We just need to make it so we the math make, isn't there. We need,
1: to, we need to make queen, jack of diamonds fold. That's, like, okay. the way to think about it, I That'd think. be great. So that's 15 outs. Yeah. Um, so
0: we need to give, give them a bad price. Okay, well, there's... Basically, 90,000 in the pot. Yeah, 88.7. So, if we, we need to raise at least pot, basically, to make this pot is like indifferent. So, when you raise a little more than the pot, even like, so like 100,000.
1: And we have 167.
0: Yeah, except, you know what? It's got to be even more than that because the first thirty-five or 100000 is just the call. So it's only sixty-five k more yeah. than him. So, it's actually, so we kind of need to effectively go all yeah, in. Yeah, we got to go all in. All right. So for a reason, we have to effectively shove. Yeah. We can make it a little less, but it's all the same. There's no difference. Yep. Um, okay. Good to know. So what do we want to do? Do we want to fold or do we want to go all in?
1: If we knew he had 10.9 in his range, I wouldn't want to go all in. But I right. don't think I would know that. Like, so I'm, I'm thinking like his value is sets and 7-8. Right. So I I think it would come down to if he has 7-8 off or not. If he only has 7-8 suited, then I think there's enough other draws that are not there yet that we can fold that makes it profitable to shove. But if he has 7-8 off and we quadruple his combos of 7-8, then it's too much value,
0: and I don't think we can do it. It's possible he doesn't have 7-8 off. Like, we did make it 6,500. I know I did a whole thing on no one ever folds, and Garrett never folds. Either, it seems, to three bets... Um, it's possibly can open seven eight off and fold to 6,500. It's possible, but he called Jack seven suited. I know, I know, and it's possible he's just like fuck you. We're deep. I'm in position. I'm me. Fuck you. I call. Yeah, like I could totally see that. Right. So, so uh, this it's is unclear. what I'm this is what I'm
1: saying. Like. I think, I think we, as the poker guys, have no idea if he has 7-8 off. But if we have any inkling one way or the other is Dylan, we should use that to make our okay. decision, is, okay. what, is what
0: I think. Do I think you, that's fair.
1: Do you think that's a good way to do it? Sure.
0: Yeah, because yeah, that cuts down on a lot of the, like, half the combos right. of calls. That so does. if we're like,
1: ah, Garrett would have folded 7-8 off pre, I'm going for it. Right. Or uh, Garrett's calling everything. He has 7-8 off in his range. I have to just give up. Right. And that's how you do it. That's cool. So actually, I think it's all, this is all, like, exploit. Really. Okay.
0: Well, let's say you're sitting in in Dylan's shoes though. Like you yeah. just did a trade off. He's like, "Play my stack, bro." And you just came in and Garrett just bet 35,000. You know what you know. What yeah. do you want to do? What are you going to do? <sighs> Probably fold. For folding here, what the fuck are we doing calling the flop raise? Like it's so bad cuz then we're effectively like only well, on an ace? Well, this is a
1: scenario that you just gave me where I have I to go sit where Dylan is. No, you're is. right. You didn't make so you didn't the, raise the you
0: didn't call the flop yeah. race. You're right. You're, I'm just okay. trying to
1: make a, a Fair good, enough. good decision in a discrete situation.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that's totally reasonable. Um, what do you think if if you're Dylan and you did call the flop race, I think we probably can't fold.
1: I don't know if that actually makes sense. I don't know if it does. I do think it. that is how humans feel, and I yeah. think that's
0: an implicit bias. And It, it might not... just be a sunk cost thing. Yeah. But we did pick up the nut flush draw, right? Like, it's one of the better cards in the deck for us.
1: Yeah, but if we do the analysis and we think about Garrett's range and the sizing that he chose, yeah. it still might make sense to fold.
0: It might. What are we hoping for if we call on the flop and fold on this turn? Just an ace?
1: We're hoping to lose less money. Like, that's what we're hoping for. Mm,
0: okay. Like we're hoping not to get it in really I think,
1: bad. I think this is, and maybe it, maybe I can be proven wrong on this, or yeah. not proven wrong, but convinced otherwise. I think this is a problem that a lot of poker players, even smart, good thinking poker players like you, have, where we don't take our decisions individually enough. Yeah. And we think like we have to make all of the decisions make sense together because we're narrative at heart, right? right. And I don't see any other reason why we should think that because we called the flop.
0: Raise that we have to continue in this hand because we turned a good card. Right. Okay. You make a, a somewhat reasonable point here. I'm going to acknowledge okay. that. Like, if we're going to call, we might we call the flop raise, and you. Can, I've certainly been there. Many people have where you make a call and you're like, "What the fuck am I doing? Yeah, this is horrible. This is really bad, you know." And then like you get this kind of a card and you're like, "Uh, now what?" Right. Yeah. Um, and I've certainly
1: fallen victim to that as well. Yeah. Where...
0: But I've but I've gone the other way too, where I'm like, I'm cutting my losses. I fucked up on the flop. That card is cool, but it's not enough. It's not enough in this spot. Like, yeah. I have to I have to risk another $170,000 right now to make this fucking work? Like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. I can do better than this. Like, yeah. this is not a good spot to be in. Garrett raised... One of the draws came in. Like, what am I hoping for here? I need him to have diamonds exactly. That's all I got, really, at this point. Mm-hmm. I guess he could have a weird gutter, but I don't know if he's going to continue just under, under your average weird gutter. And having the four hearts block some of the gutters that he could have had, because yeah. he would have raised some of those with the backdoor hearts, yeah. we block that a yeah. little bit. So that's not great either. Nope. So maybe you're right. Maybe you just have to find a fold and be like, fine. But I could see myself, if I decide to call the flop, probably I would be calling the flop with a plan, and part of the plan would be like, well, if I hit a good card on the turn, like get ready for some action bait. Right. You know?
1: But having a plan doesn't mean you have to make what are like, inherently bad decisions later in I order agree. to fall through with the
0: plan. I, I agree with that, but like, if we call on the flop... What else were we expecting to happen if a heart comes off? Like mostly, we'd expect Garrett to bet again. Yeah, so we're always going to be in. This I agree, but so we don't we like
1: the call on the flop, right?
0: No, we hate it. No, yeah. of course not. No, we shouldn't be calling the right. flop.
1: Right. Right. So yeah, I think I think that's a bias that. Yeah, as a collective poker playing public, we need to get over mm. in order to become better at poker.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, he goes all in.
1: Yeah, and ultimately <laughs> that's fine, right? Like, yeah. It, it can't ultimately be that bad. it comes down to the decision in Dylan's head of if Garrett has seven eight off or not. If Garrett does have 7-8 off, we think this is a bad play. Yeah. If Garrett doesn't have 7-8 off in his range, then this is a perfectly fine play Yeah. Is, is probably what it comes down to, right? Yeah. Garrett actually takes a while before calling, even though it's, like, always a call. He takes right? a
0: solid minute, and then, like, it's like he stands up and is almost, like, in shock for, like, 45 seconds and finally says, I mean, what am I doing? I, I have a monster. I have a huge hand. I'm, like, almost certainly going to call here. And it's, like, and then five seconds later, he puts the chips in and says, one time, immediately. Um, is it worth... By the
1: way, his contemplation. Of course, it is because it's such a big he raise. Should at least think about it. But some. like, what is Dylan repping? We didn't, we didn't really talk about that. We just talked about Dylan's decision. But like, what? It's a strange line for pretty much anything. I mean, does
0: Dylan ever have pocket sixes and play it like this? It feels like even his raise size would probably be smaller, right? Like, maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's balanced enough that he's just going all yeah. with all his raises, and good for him if he is. But it feels like that's not the case, right? It feels like. If he has pocket sixes, he's making it like hundred k. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what you do, right? Because you don't want to necessarily lose all your action. You want to just make it expensive.
1: It's also a very strange line with pocket sixes. Like you said, it was a parlay before to, to get to a certain spot. It's a parlay to have pocket sixes here, where you decide to three bet pre flop and then you bet call the flop and then you uh, or yeah, yeah bet call the flop and, and then check then, raise and the then turn. check raise the turn. That's not that crazy. Yeah,
0: it's a pretty reasonable line, I guess. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think that's much of a parlay compared to some of the other we so. talked about. Uh, pocket sixes pocket deuces he at least could have those but you figure he doesn't have all the combos of them he's not going to check raise all in with all of them he's going to check raise to different amounts and like you said he's not always going to play him exactly this way he might three bet the flop sometimes right? Mm-hmm. he might check all the turns sometimes uh, he might lead the turn sometimes so they're probably not on the ten of hearts um, and then besides that I don't know what else he can have
1: right I mean over pairs no I don't think same so same
0: hand he could have the same hand as Garrett yeah ten yeah. nine yeah that's fine but okay whatever Cool, yeah. we chop. Who cares? Um, maybe, you don't think he would have over pairs when the 10 comes in, right? Like, if the four pairs, or sorry, the deuce pairs, maybe he can have over pairs then, right? Maybe. Um, although, Garrett's never going to bet if the deuce pairs. But but the 10, like, completing 7-8 is just such a weird thing to not have at least... I don't even know if he's really check-raising a set when 7-8 comes in.
1: Right, that's a good point. Like, maybe he only has 7-8? <laughs> so does Dylan really only have draws now? Like, he's basically... <sighs> I don't like, know. You would think diamond draws instead of heart draws, but...
0: You could maybe you can check raise a set anyway because because there still are a lot of draws out there, and you want to charge fully for that, and you figure you're calling it off anyway, yeah, so maybe you're like let's get it now, also the board can still pair, and I get to Garrett, who makes good folds like doesn't get the opportunity to fold if if he's got it now, you know like maybe it's okay to check raise a set at all.
1: I think this anyway. is a bit of a problem for Dylan's move too yep. is that it's it's a a less than stellar representation of value
0: agreed, strongly agree, yeah, strongly agree, like what. <laughs> There just aren't that many hands that play it this way. Again, pocket sixes maybe is one of them, but I mean, it feels unlikely an overpair is going to play it like this when the ten comes, yeah. or the, maybe anything. The but. truth
1: is, though, that that representation doesn't really matter when you go all in for this size, because yeah. even if Garrett's like, "Well, that doesn't make that much sense," I'm still folding king jack of diamonds, though. Like, right? Yeah, yeah, you can so still fold out. So it doesn't matter. I mean,
0: you're beating that hand, but you fold out significant equity. Yeah. So that's that is a success. That's a, that. Va- that's I mean, like even, one of the few you good fold things out that can He's queen of diamonds too. That's true. Yeah. That's right. Um, Although Ace, Queen of Diamonds is probably more apt to just call the flop, honestly. Yeah. But sometimes we'll raise. I yeah. would guess. Sometimes. Uh, yeah. So there's, so there's some victories we can have, but I don't think there's enough right. for this play to be right, which is why then, if we don't think we can call and we don't like this play, that means all that's left is to fold.
1: Yep. Well, well, I still think it's actually okay to do it if Garrett yep. does not have 7-8 off in his range. Yeah, it's I still, mean. still okay. It
0: can't be awful, right? It just can't be that awful.
1: Because we're not putting him on 9-10. We don't think he has Right. That. Right. Anyway, Garrett does call, and uh, this is not a victory for Dylan. There nope. was the deuce of spades. They run
0: it once. Yep. Which Garrett says immediately, run it once. And that's that. And that is that. Good thing Dylan didn't have that weird overpair, because Garrett would have lost.
1: That's a 390... Oh, yeah, that's right. Deuce pairs, 390k pot. Woo! Let's see what the solver says about it. Okay. <laughs> well, we had certainly speculated, and I'm sure you had too, that the solver would not... Enjoy some of Dylan's decisions in this hand.
0: Mm, yes. and, and that
1: did come to fruition. But also other things came to fruition, like you know fruits and vegetables and stuff. Isn't and ishens. Ishens, all those things. And, and Wesley Cannon was the cultivator of these things. He used the solver. He used Pio to water the garden of math and, and
0: game theory. And here we are. Can I be honest? It's a little disappointing he doesn't use an abacus. Like, just do the work.
1: We, we sent out word for an abacus-based solver, but they yeah. don't use the internet. So it was difficult because we were trying to yodel to them. <laughs> and we're not great
0: yodelers, no, to, to be
1: frank about it. I
0: don't really understand it yeah. on either side, coming or going. Yeah. But anyway. But
1: we tried because we care about abakai. Anyway, here we go. Let's go back to the flop. Okay. Dylan is not supposed to bet this hand. Um, he's actually supposed to check most of his range. He's only betting 20% of his over pairs, even, according to Pio, mm-hmm. which feels pretty tight as the three-better, but here we are. Yeah. Um, I guess it's just a range advantage board for Garrett, and that's why you want to check most of your range. So he definitely is not supposed to bet this hand, and if he does bet, he is supposed to go bigger, which is something that we certainly wanted him to do as yeah. well on this board. Um, so, so far, the solver is not loving what Dylan's doing.
0: Nope, not yet.
1: Garrett should mix calling and raising his nines. We feel like the raise is kind of a peculiar exploit with a nine, and that's typically how we feel when people raise one pair in deep situations. Correct. But, you know, the solver is going to want to do stuff like this more frequently than we are. I think that was kind of predictable.
0: One of the interesting things is the solver thought of the nines that Garrett would raise, 10-9 is the best hand... Uh, hand in his range to raise. I thought yeah. that was interesting. Of any one pair nine, which yeah. we
1: speculated a bit on on the podcast about why that is. Sorry, I should say the best nine in his range. Right, of course. Hand, of
0: course. Of course. Yeah. Of
1: course. But so Garrett did it right
0: yep. per the solver. Shocking. No.
1: Not shocking is that Dylan Gang has what the solvers like to call a pure
0: fold against this raise, they which makes
1: plenty of sense because he has not a
0: good hand. <laughs> <laughs> He's out of position with not a good hand and Garrett's showing some strength.
1: Yeah. So. Dylan Gang did not crush the Pio exam of the flop. So far. So far. Maybe on the turn, he did better. Maybe. On the turn, uh, Gang doesn't really have many donks. Garrett should always continue betting. Hell yeah, he should. With He made with top his hand. two, yo. Yeah, makes plenty of sense. Absolutely. All right, and here's where some strange solver outputs come into play. Yeah. Dylan Gang should folder call with his hand. So instead of Folder Raise, which is what we said, you should Folder Call with this hand, mm. which feels like you're not getting the right immediate odds to call. I guess the solver's range of Garrett has some hands that you're beating with Ace-Four that are give-ups on the river, stuff like that.
0: Well, maybe part of the problem is uh, that, like, while we don't, we're not getting the right price, but because it's backdoor hearts that would come in, maybe the solver figures it can get, if Garrett's got a strong made hand like a set, it can actually get paid off because it's backdoor.
1: Yeah, well, that that might play into why this strange output came in, that the gang is supposed to pure fold Ace-4 of diamonds, which is, of course, basically the same hand as Ace-4 of hearts, except that it's front door instead of back door. That's what
0: it feels like. Like, yeah. oh, Garrett's going to not pay off nearly as often on diamonds.
1: Right? Yeah, and that may be the case. That may yeah. be true. Um, Garrett has a pure call against the shove, which makes I plenty mean, of sense. Of
0: course, he does. Uh,
1: here's the interesting output though. Yeah, he can mix calling and folding with the sets that are lower than the nine, the sixes and the deuces.
0: I mean, I, I would like to talk to someone about that, and meaning like someone like in Freud, charge. like Freud, no, no, someone that, like some of the, the management at yeah. Pio. Like, really, we're gonna, I understand. Okay, I think I understand why they're saying it, which is that like 10 9 is a pure call 100% of the time if you're gonna fold big hand you're folding sixes and deuces because you're not blocking pocket tens and pocket nines the way you are with 10 9 but like we're really folding a set really ever well let's let's give
1: wesley cannon some air here because he is is the solver and he has his own speculative idea of why this is is not solver gto work this is him speculating as why the solver output this way so let's see what wesley had to say great He said, I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that 10-9 heavily blocks the two sets that Gang can have in his range. You'll only call sixes and deuces preflop a lot of the time, which consists of about half of his value range based on combos. Sixes and deuces only beat 10-9 suited, two combos, and semi-bluffs, and lose to the 10 combos of 9-9, 10-10, and 7-8 suited. 10x diamond-diamond combos actually block some value, too, and perform a little better against the semi-bluffs, huh. so this is why they make better calls than the lower sets. That is what Wesley had to say.
0: Still I'm amazed that we would fold the hand that strong. And the yeah. solver would even want to fold the hand that strong. It I mean, feels it's, like the solver never folds a strong. Right. Anymore.
1: And it's not of course saying that you always have to fold these sets, but it would right. sometimes fold these sets.
0: Yeah, I just even even that is really surprising to me. Yes. That's all. Quite surprising